Check, check, check. I'm not going to start talking for reals until I see a listener. Come on in, listeners. You know you want to. It'll make you feel good, good, good. It'll make you feel good, good, good. This is going to be really annoying for people who listen to it uh, the second time around. Like, you know, in a rerun or whatever. Because <laughs> in my head I'm thinking, ah, no one's listening to this. But, you know, you might click play later. And then and this is what you got. Until until I see anyone's listening. Ah, well, you know. Maybe I'll just get started then. What the heck? What is one of the stupidest things you've ever done? An anonymous person asks. Um, boy, do I have to just pick the one? <laughs> You can throw a dart at a board and land on stupid. Um, well, here's one that's pretty freaking stupid. When I first moved to New York, uh, I remember I took the subway for the first time somewhere uptown. I don't remember where I was going or why, um, but I remember it being 10 blocks from the stop, and I had no idea what a block was for some reason. Even though I grew up, like, you know, in a town where we, you'd say around the corner and stuff. But you'd think, like, up the block was something we might have said. I don't know. But anyway, the sidewalk had these was comprised of these large square uh, tiles, essentially, and blocks. And I thought I had to walk, you know, ten paces. And I was very confused and lost for, for far too long. All right. Wise ask. I'm done babbling to myself, even though I'm now babbling to myself. I'm now officially babbling to myself because there's no one listening yet. See the problem? I wish I could edit this, but I can't. Although I am now, of course, uh, doing these as podcasts for our undoing radio, so I will be able to edit for them. Will I? Will I do that for them? <laughs> Only time will tell. Um. So, I think this show is uh, pretty self-evident what it is. Two questions. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done on purpose? And how did it go? (laughs) I have had a a lifetime of doing dumb things on purpose. Not a lot of dumb things, but, you know, spread out through time, a lifetime. Because I fancy myself a writer sometimes. And um, I used to, in that vein, want to... Um, do things I knew would fall apart before my very eyes just to uh, have something to write about. Then later in life, I started doing stupid things on purpose just to do them and see what would happen. Now I, uh, I try to wait, uh, stay away from the stupid, but, but thankfully now I have stories. So if you would like to join in and, um, you know, be a quote-unquote guest and tell me what's the dumbest thing you've ever done on purpose and how'd it work out, that'd be great. In the meantime, I will tell you my story. I mean, arguably I have arguably I have two of the dumbest things I've ever done on purpose. Uh, one is moving to Hawaii um, with no real plan. I mean, I didn't... I knew... I found a place on Craigslist, so I knew... I was where I was going and I was being picked up at the airport by these folks, but I didn't even have a driver's license, let alone a car. Uh, I don't come from wealth, so I didn't have money. And 
um, I just moved to this island from the east coast of the mainland. Not exactly sight unseen, but, you know, I vacationed out this way and spent two days, <laughs> I think, on this island and fell in love with it and knew that I would live here. And so I moved here um, like within five years or so. I just decided eh, I'm going. Um, so arguably, that's the dumbest thing, except that it worked out really well. I'm still here. That was in 2012. And uh, I met my wife and we're married and we have like a real house and all that. Uh, so it worked out. But then when I'm thinking about it, actually, a lot of the dumb things, I don't know if every dumb thing I've ever done on purpose worked out, but in some sense, they all seem to, to work out. So, uh, but this one really worked out. So I don't know how dumb it was. And it was like a... a, a a, a dumb cr crime, if you will, in quotes, of passion, right? Like, I knew I had to do this. I had to move here. So I don't know if that really counts. So I'm going to go with the dumbest thing I've ever done on purpose uh, was when I was living in the East Village of New York, and um, I was, I don't know, I guess it was at a point where I was down in my luck, and I had a friend from high school, this gal that I had been smitten with forever back in high school and part of college. And I hadn't seen her in years. She lived on the West coast. She lived in California. Uh, but like I said, I was down on my luck. So she said, Hey, why don't you come here and babysit for me for a couple of months? I'll pay you. I'll fly you out. I'll pay you. And, uh, you can get back on your feet that way. So that's what I did. I, uh, I got myself a subletting roommate and I did that. Now I knew it was stupid because um, we have a history together <laughs> and I, so I know what her psychological baggage is. I also knew that uh, she had a boyfriend at the time and who she lived with and this one child that they had together. Uh, and I can't remember if I had visited him before or I, I, yeah, I, I guess I had visited before and realized that he's like a sociopath. He's like an abusive sociopath. So I knew that this would not end well, uh, but I did it anyway because I it, like, how could I pass this up? Like it was so, it was such a bad idea. I had to do it. Don't, don't ask me why. So I went out there and it, you know, it, the, she was living in Sacramento, California. And if you don't know anything about Sacramento, California, there's not much to know. Uh, where she was living was, I guess, northern Sacramento, and there were a lot of, like, car dealerships, and she was a stripper at a strip club. <laughs> so it's, you see that this is going to be fun. Uh, the things to do out there, I suppose, besides the strip club included uh, Bingo Hall, the Bingo Palace. So it was Bingo Hall, but it was called the Bingo Palace. That was the big thing. And then there were like uh, disco bowling and throwing darts. Like these are big activities out there. And so I ended up going. The abusive guy uh, was true to form, although at some point he took off to uh, for, I don't know, days at a time or something. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was. It was abysmal. Uh, but 
I had so many like just wackadoodle conversations with people like at the at the bingo hall and at the dart slash disco bowling place that it was enough to uh, form a screenplay. So I, I did a, a fake, like a mock documentary comedy on uh, on on the bingo scene, essentially. Which I never sold as a script, but then I ended up ultimately putting into a book called a book series. Well, a series in theory. It's the first of the series that I have yet to continue, but B movies in a book. So just taking my old screenplays and converting them into book fashion. Um, and so that ended up good. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I didn't, didn't make the movie, but I, I certainly had it as a calling card that, open some doors for me in back in New York in the TV world. Um, and uh, ultimately I, I babysat, I guess for a couple of months, I, I brought her to the strip club, <laughs> which was awkward. Uh, it's awkward when you have a friend who's a stripper, who's like, I want you to see me work. And then it's like, you know, this is like full on, you know, nudity. And, you know, the guy next to you at the bar is like, oh, she's really into you. Huh? And you're like, yeah, that's my married friend from high school. Like, I can't this is actually awkward. Uh, what was really awkward was for some reason, she uh, sent me home on a bus. It wasn't a round trip plane ticket. So I ended up taking a Greyhound uh, back to uh, back to New York. Uh, across country, which if you've ever taken a bus, a Greyhound bus across country, you know, you know, as well as I do, um, you might as well just kill yourself. It's just it's quicker. You, you'll arrive as a ghost. Sure. You won't have your body, the, the convenience of your body. But it's more comfortable. It's just more comfortable. Just just take your life. Don't do it. Um, but actually, I got to uh, upstate New York and then had to transfer buses. Had to do that, I think, a few times. But in upstate New York, I made it that far without having anything stolen. And then the bus driver, like, took off without about a third of us. I don't know what happened, but there were like a third of us left behind. And so by the time I got on the next bus, uh, and he was a jerk. You know, he was he was not, like, mentally sound. You should not be driving a bus. Let's put it that way. Uh, by the time I, I made it back to, uh, to New York, New York proper, um, like my, my Walkman, if anyone remembers what a Walkman is, my CD Walkman, uh, was stolen in some CDs, but my precious, precious screenplay. Oh, nobody took that off my seat. So that was there. So that was actually what I was glad about. I had my screenplay. So I would say that that sort of worked out. Now, the other thing that didn't work out about that, besides the <laughs> god-awful bus trip back, was that, um, so the premise is, I'm going there and she's going to take care of me, right? Like, she's going to, Lord only knows why you would offer to do this, but she's going to take care of me and, um, and pay me to babysit and all of this. And so, um, because I was down on my luck, I had no money and I had no job. And so I got back and uh, I cashed the check or tried to. The check bounced. <laughs> so she sent me home on a Greyhound bus with a, a check that bounced. And 
trying to get a hold of her to see what happened with that check became a lost cause. <laughs> I think at some point the, the line was disconnected. Oh, good. I have a guest waiting. Awesome. I, I, I'm very glad because that, that is kind of where, where this ends. And again, so it didn't work out at that level, but it worked out that I ended up with a screenplay that I could be proud of. Um, so what is it, if you guys want to chime in, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done on purpose and how did it go? I'll see, uh, the guru warrior, uh, someone named the guru warrior is on the line. Let's see if I can get him on here. What's something you're not proud of? Huh? Hey, isn't pride one of those seven deadly sins? What happened to that? The Guru Warrior, are you with us? <laughs> I'm a girl, and I don't think I did dumb things on purpose, but I was young at one point. So, like in my 20s, everything was dumb. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everything I did was stupid. And yes, I was a stripper. Yeah. But we didn't call it that at that time because it was the 90s and it was exotic dancing. Really? I also worked at the hottest nightclub in New York City called the Limelight. I don't know huh. if you've ever heard of it. Yeah, I know Limelight. Who danced in the cage over top the audience on the main floor. What was that like? Insane! <laughs> I mean, do you have guys groping at you or women groping at you and all of that? Or is everyone just like, you know, dancing around? No. Well, I mean, I was perched over top of an audience inside of a deconsecrated Catholic church. And as an ex-Catholic, it was very difficult for me for like 10 minutes to walk inside that building you know and yeah. say okay i'm going in there to party you know i ended up there because of a club that i was working at uh exotic dancing and uh this fbi agent walked up to me and asked me to go into one of those rooms and do him I was like, you don't have enough money. I said, you're short, you're fat, you're ugly, goodbye. You know, and I was one out of like 52 girls that did not get arrested. Wow. And humiliated. And so, you know, the. So that might have been actually the smartest thing you've done in, uh, in your trip. <laughs> but I, I wasn't like that though, you know, so. You know, I just like to dance. I've right. always liked to dance. You know, I was trained classically. You know, I went to the performing arts high school. But, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, you know, I did not want to go to college you know, at that time. So I just decided to do that. And I made more money than my parents. <laughs> So, so did it work out for you then? I mean, you're saying that this was, um, you know, everything you did was kind of stupid, but did it work out in the end, like looking back on it? Yeah, it did. I mean, I still have people that recognize me, you know, from those days. You know, I met a lot of uh, 
cool people, famous people, you know. It's not like I got a job in acting or anything like that, but I did meet a few actors, a couple of musicians. I even got a chance to audition with J-Lo you know, huh. uh, for the Fly Girls. And we became friends, you know, for a while. And, um, you know, my life was just like fly by the seat of my pants type thing, you know. The only thing that I did wrong was go to Japan. Uh-oh. You know, what happened? That was wrong. Yeah, because they left me. You know, I went with a whole group of people, and uh, it was the magician, and I was like a background dancer. And it was <laughs> a whole big production and everything. And they left me, they took my passport, and I ended up with some Yakuza people and a hostess and, you know, no passport. And luckily, wow. I was close to an American army base. And, well, know, did they steal your passport or how did you how did you get there without a passport? No, I had a passport. I've had a passport since I was a child. I'm West Indian. I spent my summers in Jamaica and Trinidad and Guyana. So my and so they stole your passport? Yeah, they took my passport. Wow. You know, they just emptied the safes and you know, took all the money while I was sleeping. And was this uh were, were these was this like just a criminal element or was was this the people that you were with did this? These were professional people that I was working with. Mhm. And, you know, unfortunately, the show didn't, you know, vibe well with the Japanese audience. They really didn't want to see a stupid magician with background dancers. It was dumb. So you had to pay the price for that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there were other people involved, but I really don't want to say the names, you know. But, you know, what made me think that it was okay is because of somebody famous. So I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. You know, I went, auditioned, everything was okay. Learned all the dance stuff. We did one show. I made $1,000, put everything in the safe, even my passport. I woke up, passport was gone. Roommate was gone. I was broke. Clothes wow. were gone. And I'm walking. <laughs> and I come up to a hostess bar. So the only thing I could do was what I knew how to do before. You know, which was exotic dancing. He's like, there's no dancing. And I was close to an army base. So it was cool because they could speak a little English. Mm-hmm. You know, now I have a daughter that lives there and speaks like fluent Japanese, Korean, and Chinese. Oh wow! And she knows mommy's story. You know, she even I can't believe David like, Blaine did that to you. That's horrible. It wasn't David Blaine. Trust me. I, I can't believe Doug Henning did that to you. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Doug Henning! That's hilarious. <laughs> I dated myself. I mean, his teeth to gum ratio is ridiculous. 
Well, okay, you, you, yeah, that story right. is actually worse than going across the country in a greyhound. So, um, yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that that is frightening. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you know, working at the limelight was pretty cool because, I mean, there was a lot of rich little kids, you know, that went there. So, I mean. They're like, do you want to go to London? I'm like, okay. Yeah. And we just get on a plane and go. (laughs) And luckily I had a passport. So then I ended up spending two years in, in, you know, London. Limelight over there was fan freaking tested. So I had a good time. Loved it. And I had relatives over there. So that was good. But Japan, mm, not too good. But I did love the culture, and I still watch anime to this day, and I ain't mad at Japan at all. Well, is it just a coincidence that your daughter ended up living there? No. Actually, you know, her teachers were like, she's not reading very well, you know. And we live in the city, like New York. Uh-huh. And so the teachers were like, she speaks well, but she does not read well. What's wrong with her? I'm like, she's bored. They're like, no, she's not. She switches her letters around. I was like, bullshit. Excuse my language. And then, you know, I, my husband and I, my husband taught her chess. And I, we spent hours watching anime where you had to read, you know, the subtitle. Samurai at you know, so she's hmm. like, Mommy, I'd like this, but I'm so sick of reading subtitles. I was like, so teach yourself how to read Japanese. So, you know, speak Japanese. So by the age of 10, she spoke it fluently. And, you know, as she got older, it got better. And by the time she was 17, she went to Japan, you know, as an exchange student, while American kids were washing their ears out with chlorine, and she mm-hmm. went to high school, and she loved it, and she's like, "Mommy, I want to stay there forever." <laughs> you know, so and she so got a college scholarship. They, you know, all kinds of things, and then she got into the Korean boy band thing, and you know, ah. <laughs> they look like well, it's girls. interesting. Because, you know, the, the, the premise of this is the dumbest thing you've ever done on purpose and how did it work out. And when I was thinking about it, I'm just thinking about, like, like yeah, pur- the things that you that do. worked out for me? <laughs> well, I'm just, no, I just wanted to make a statement on, like, it doesn't sound like you necessarily did dumb things. It sounds like you had a pretty good sense of who you were and were still willing to sort of be a free spirit and go with the flow uh, to live life. And... We're, as opposed to someone who doesn't have a good sense of self, does that and ends up like you know, on drugs or doing crime or something, um, you know, don't get me suicidal wrong. or something. You know what I mean? Like I think there is a way to go about being a free spirit that that you you seem to have mastered, <laughs> which uh, is like yeah, wrong. you've got to know what your own personal voice. boundaries are, and then you can go out in the world and ex- explore boundaryless. You know, I left my house at seventeen. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I did dumb things, and I still do, even though I'm in my 50s. But, you know, I mean, we all do dumb things. It's just how you take it. 
if you take it personally, then you didn't learn your lesson. Right. You know? So if you learned a lesson, then that's good. Then, you know, you're not going to make that same mistake again. But if you keep doing it again, you might as well just walk up to the wall and just start talking. <laughs> yeah. But I do find myself doing that sometimes. Like, yeah, right. Why are you punching yourself in the face? I do find myself like I know almost like car- with karma. Like I know I'm going to do this and it's going to swing back at me and punch me in the face. But I'm going to do it anyway because screw you karma you know like i do get like stupid and indignant like that at just you know wanting what wanting to do the the dumb thing when i want to do it yeah but that's not dumb you're just doing shit out of anger because you took it personally right there's a thing in zen that tells you don't take everything personally you know because it's not about you the other person has issues as well right. so you know True. don't take it personally it ain't about you all the time it isn't and once i learned that i was like holy crap i started jumping on my bed i was like yeah now all my kids are growing up and i got grandkids and i'm like holy crap and i don't even have gray hair yet i got seven of them i told my kids stop please stop having sex <laughs> because I'm too young for grandkids. <laughs> wow. I'm just joking with you, man. <laughs> Seriously, no. But you are very interesting. And yeah, I've done some dumb things, but it wasn't on purpose because I never took things personally. And, you know, my parents, even though they put the D in dysfunctional, in their marriage and mm. their relationship and, you know, just raising me in general, I, you know, never took it personally because, uh, I don't know, my father did me a service. He's like, listen, he took me back to all the things that were messed up in my life, you know, all the places. And he said, let it go. Forgive it. You know, my mother oh. had multiple personalities. Yet she was a freaking genius that helped to create the uh, the World Wide Web or whatever she called it back in the 80s. I thought she was crazy. I was like, yeah, yeah, right. People talk to each other all over the world. Right. Okay, mom. Yeah. But she did. She was right. Wow. I bought her first computer and she didn't even know the language. <laughs> It was huh. hilarious. But, uh, well, you sound like you have a lot of interesting stories. Yes. Are you a writer? Because, you know, I need a writer. <laughs> uh, sometimes, but <laughs> sometimes I'm a writer. More of a podcaster these days. Me too, Tambien. Uh, What's that? I said me too. Me too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I have an award for poetry. Yeah. Oh, congrats! Um, well, I think uh, the Wisdom app is counting down, and there's like 15 seconds. Is there anything you want to say really quickly? Love, peace, and hair grease. <laughs> well, Guru Warrior, thank you for uh, thank you for sharing with me. I really appreciate it.
Um, so that was cool. Um, and you know what? I mean, hey, if you're growing up in New York or your young adult life in New York City, and like, you know, the worst thing that happens is uh, you're a dancer at the limelight. You're, I think you're doing really well in life, honestly. Um, I've been to the limelight a few times. Um, I used to be a low, lowly production assistant at MTV Networks, mainly for Nickelodeon. But uh, then VH1. Um, but you get a uh, you know an ID card that has like MTV Networks on it, so everyone thinks you just work for MTV. So you can actually go to these clubs. My favorite was Culture Club because that was like eighties themed. But uh, you could actually like fax them a list of your people and be like, oh, like she had mentioned J Lo, and I think we actually did that once. Like me and a group of people, like oh, we're we're uh, the entourage with J Lo. She's going to be coming, and uh, we would get into clubs that way. <laughs> you just fax over, you know, your ID and show up, and you get in for free. So there's your there's your MTV privilege. Uh, ooh, another guest awaits. I can't believe this. It's the Guru Warrior again. Okay. Guru Warrior, three, two, one. They're counting you down. Did you ever go to Hello again. After Hours Club called Save the Robot? No. Holy crap. What was that? It was After Hours Club that, you know, it had sand on the ground and palm trees on the first floor. And on the bottom floor, it looked like uh, a basement party at your best friend Bud's house. (laughs) I mean, that was insane. Uh, There was a lot of, you know, people that went there. Or a place called Future. Because you say you worked for MTV, so I figured, you know, a lot of MTV people we didn't allow to come in smart because yeah <laughs> i stood at the door for you know just for training so if you recognize my face and i called you bad names i apologize but that <laughs> was part of the job well it's a long overdue apology i've been i've been waiting forever for it so thank you i, I appreciate that okay <laughs> yeah you probably showed up in a limo right yeah. No, no, never, never did that. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, we would just because these things were like, like I lived in the East Village, so a lot of this stuff was walking distance. I don't remember where. Oh my god! Was. So you should know about Save the Robots. It was in the Alphabet City. Didn't venture down that way. This was uh, um, back when when such things were like after First Avenue, it became kind of sketchy. Now, of course, everything. Alphabet City was kind of, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, Okay, the tunnel. I worked there. Yeah, I've been to the tunnel. Did you ever go to uh, Club USA with the big slide? No. I used to love to get into work like that. I mean, you had to climb up the stairs and go down this huge, like, slide, and you end up in a pit full of balloons. It was quite <laughs> irritating after six times, but, you know, I still... I don't know if this was uh, in the 70s or 80s, but I had a, a someone I worked with told me about a club 
where the entire place was filled up with bubbles, like bubble stuff. Oh. It was like yeah, all... Limelight yeah. was like that um, because Limelight had seven floors. Mm-hmm. It was insane. I hated the bubble floor and I broke my arm. So I told my boss I never want to dance on that floor again. So, wow. Yeah, the bubbles were insane. I think you you know, the one that you're talking about though is Octagon. Yeah, it might be that. Like over by where the um oh my god, that big boat is East. See, now I forget, because now I live (laughs) on the other side of the Hudson, so it's been a long time. However, uh, they do a lot of, um, they did New York Undercover over there, so it was kind of cool, though. You know, the octagon, I snuck out of my room when I was 16 years old, and I went there, and they told me not to drink the punch, and I did. And uh, I hallucinated all through, all through the day and night. My father was waiting for me. I snuck up, you know, the fire escape, and he whooped my ass, and I just laughed throughout the whole thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, uh, this is how much my life uh, sucked. So when I was working at MTV, everyone knew that I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, and. Uh, Pyramid Club was like a block or a block and a half away from where I lived. And oh, they sneaked Michael that, Jackson yeah. they sneaked Michael Jackson into Pyramid one day to do a to film uh an interview with him, I think for his Invincible album. And nobody told me about that. <laughs> like it was such a tough thing. Nobody told me about that. Ah that's that's my one ah. Dumbest thing I would have done would have been to uh, sneak into there. <laughs> oh, no way, man. I have snuck into many of them. But when I got busted, I was like, I worked for the limelight. And the guy that owned <laughs> the limelight, he owned every like super club in New York, like Palladium, Tunnel, Limelight. So, you know, no big deal. Huh. Still, That's cool. You know, yeah, it was cool, but after a while, it got boring, you know. So yeah, there's only yeah. ecstasy you can do, you know. <laughs> okay, the dumbest thing I ever did on purpose was ecstasy, acid, and K, and then go to Coney Island and ride the cyclone. Yeah. <laughs> Just riding the cyclone I mean, alone I, would be would be a dumb thing to do. Like I just mean, riding those old rickety rides. You know? It it was. Um, thanks to Hurricane Sandy, it ended up in the middle of the ocean, and I was yeah. like, "Yes, forget about you, you stupid ride." Scared the crap out of me. I felt like I was going into the sidewalk and coming out of the other side of life. <laughs> because these drugs that I took. Oh my god. That was the stupidest thing I've ever done on purpose was drugs. You know, like no. acid and ecstasy. 
you know. But I, I knew there would be one. I knew if you thought hard enough. <laughs> I did. I did. That's why I came back up. I was like, that was stupid. You know? <laughs> it really was. You know, but luckily, you know, I thought about it and I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I can't handle it. But what happened was, and it was a really big story, is the guy that I worked for, um, who was my boss of the dances, Michael Alec, had killed one of um, our people, a candy kid named uh, Angel, chopped him up and Jeez. threw him into the Hudson. In Huh. You know, several different suitcases. So that was. Did he get caught, or are you confessing something that I now need to? No, <laughs> you test patterns down. I mean, his name is Michael Alec, and I didn't do it. That was my friend, you know. So I'm really, you know. Did you suspect that he was the kind of person who would do something like that? Oh heck yeah, man! I mean, if you go back and look. Uh, like some of these shows where they were like candy kids. Who are they? What are they about? You know, you will see mm -hmm. Michael Allen is like a freaking sociopath. And I couldn't believe that he was younger than me. And I'm like, dude, you're younger than me. I don't have to listen to you. F off. You know, <laughs> so when I had issues, I usually went to like the owner who was uh, very cool. Peter Gation. He used mm -hmm. to wear eye patch, you know. So I, I called him Pirate Gation. <laughs> He's from Canada, believe it or not. So, you know, thanks to Rudy Giuliani, he got deported. <laughs> deported back to Canada, huh? Yeah. And then, you Damn know, it. They were back like, to my health care and my job security. Uh, yeah. And, and, why God? Uh, weed and mushrooms and all that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it was kind of messed up because, you know, that was the age of the big clubs. They just like stopped after that, you know, mm -hmm. no more. I even went to an anniversary of Studio 54, which was freaking amazeball. <laughs> 1995. That you don't remember that? Yeah. You know what? They, they re, when they reopened, that was one of the dumbest things I ever did on purpose, too. When they reopened the new Studio 54, it they put on a play there that was became an off- off Broadway production of God, what was it? It was like Alice in Wonderland. I don't remember what it was called. No, it, was basically it was not. It was uh, it was uh, it was a French play. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about something else. There was an Alice in Wonderland play that was done by the the dudes who produced Flesh Gordon, which was like a sort of porno version of Flash Gordon, Holy and they did this God. like. So there was like nudity and all of this, and it was the worst script, the worst acting, and all of this. My friend was working on it, and he's like, "Jer, this is the worst thing ever. I could get you a job on this if you want." And I'm like, "Yes, 
please get me a job on the worst play. Uh, I guess it was a musical that will ever, you know, grace New York. I need to do that. So I did that. And, and it was, in fact, got awful. But I th- it started off at Studio 54, like right when they first you reopened know, they, it. When they reopened it, they had a party first and they acted like Studio 54. So they played hmm. the, the show and everything. And Roseland, that was kind of fun. Did you ever go to the Palladium? That was one place I never went that was like Yes, I did because um, my boss owned Palladium Tunnel and Limelight and Club USA. So I worked at all of those places. Palladium was awesome. It was like a huge playground. But the Limelight was like a maze. And I really just loved it there. I was like, I don't want to work at any place else. You know, I went to the tunnel on hip hop night. And, you know, I look like I'm African American, but I'm actually Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And I just did not have a good time there. You know, I was booed off the stage. Did not like that. Why? Um, I was with uh, those guys that sing Brass Monkey, Brass Monkey. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys, yeah. So they got a little wild and started throwing stuff around, and I was in the background dancing, and stuff got out of hand, and I was like, forget about this. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why Giuliani went after him because there was so much violence on hip hop Sundays. But huh. there were big names there, like you know Nas and Biggie Smalls, and everybody went there. I just didn't want to go. I was like, forget that. Yeah, I rather you know hang. Want to live? <laughs> yeah, I rather hang from the ceiling inside of a deconsecrated church. <laughs> and dance in a glass box where nobody could touch me or bother me or talk to me. Now, do you audition for that? No, actually, what happened, I told you, the FBI agent, you know, and the guy uh, who was the bouncer said, she's a good dancer. And the girl who was dancing there broke her leg. So they had no choice. They needed a dancer ASAP. So I had the clothes and the look, and they just put me up there. If you go to my um, Instagram page, the guru underscore warrior, you will find a picture of me dancing in that glass box, in that church. Yes, awesome. So, you know, I know a lot of people like to lie on the internet, but not me. Not important. (laughs) It's funny because, you know, mostly I interview people for podcasting about paranormal and UFO stuff. And uh, oh, this is psychic as well. Well, see, this is already wildly more interesting. Like, I don't even, I don't even care that you're psychic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, this stuff is way more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I have some other stories to tell you if you want. Well, I'm uh, no, I'm going to actually... And the, and the you gotta go and you gotta walk. Yeah, but I wish there were a way to like do a calendar on this so we could like 
coordinate, but I guess there's a chat box. Maybe we should coordinate and uh, yeah, come back. Yeah. Ask, ask. All you got to do is ask. Come here. I'm also on right. stereo on Friday night, and I do this okay. with my girls, three New Yorkers. So we get ridiculous. I like ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you again for uh, thanks for chiming in. Okay. Good to meet you. An anonymous person asks, do you have a go-to song to break out of a funk? Um, I do not. I used to have, I mean, I don't get into funks like that anymore, um, where I need something to break me out of it. But back in the day when I did, um, I had go two go-to artists, the Jackson 5, I'd put on a best of album, or the best of uh, the Doobie Brothers. Either of those two, you, you can't feel bad about anything with those albums playing. All right, everyone. That's uh, that's it. My 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 brain is spent. I, I love that though. I actually want to do this again. So hey, I know that there's people listening. Uh, what's the dumbest thing you ever did on purpose? How'd it work out? I do want to hear from you. If anyone else uh, wants to chime in, um, I'll do this again. So I guess there's a little chat thingy you can connect with me that way. Um, otherwise, uh, Jeremy at OurUndoing.com. You could email me and um, yeah, and we'll set it up. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care.